I've got another classic fly fishing founders episode this week with a company you may not have heard of before, but has been going strong for 25 years. Fly rod accessories and cases today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for stopping by the Fly Fishing Show today. Uh, before we jump into it, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up on this show, which was actually uh, recorded in the Clubhouse app. I wanted to give you a quick little rundown on Clubhouse if you haven't heard of it. Uh, we're doing some of these live shows on the app, which actually allows uh, audience members, listeners like yourself, to come up on stage, either stay in the audience or actually raise your hand and come up on stage and ask questions directly with our guests. So I'm, I'm kind of testing it out, and uh, this is one of the first ones we've done. So there's uh, mostly it's just an interview, uh, you know, podcast. But uh, if you're interested, send me an email at dave at wetflyswing.com and I can let you in. That's the one catch right now if you're listening to this in 2021 uh, is that it's by invite only since it's in beta mode. So, uh, But I can let a few people in and would love to let you in if you want to join. Uh, you can also just go to wetflyswing.com slash clubhouse. And that'll connect you with an app. Uh, and you can kind of see what we got going there. I'll be updating these each week when we do them. I'm not quite sure on the schedule, but just uh, did want to give you a heads up so you're not surprised when we talk about Clubhouse a few times in this app um, and just realize what we're doing here. So again, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, always uh, stretch the podcast where I can. I think that helps us grow, try new things, uh, and just, you know, provide value for you. I think... I'm always trying to think of ways we can connect and keep things fun. So, so again, uh, Clubhouse, check it out, wetflyswing.com slash clubhouse, and you can see when we have the next one uh, that's scheduled. Uh, today, Matt Ray, the founder of BW Sports, tells a story of how he put together a 25-year fly fishing business in the accessory space. We find out how Matt was able to get uh, some of the big box stores to buy in. He's been there for a long time. Why I love his doctor's bag and uh, and also the reason that uh, many people love the double barrel super rod case that Matt produces. So, And one other thing before we get started today, I want to remind you uh, and give you a heads up that at the end of this episode, we're going to be giving away a double barrel rod case uh, from BW Sports. If you want to enter to win this double barrel rod case... Just listen to the very end, and there'll be a little uh, secret password we're going to give you at the very end of this show. So hang in till the end, and we'll uh, give you a chance and show you how to get involved and, uh, and win this case. It's going to be pretty cool because, uh, you know, obviously people that are listening will know about this, but it'll probably be a pretty small group that enters just given the, the numbers. So check it out. Uh, follow, listen to the show, and then check us out at the end. Uh, tons of good stuff in this Fly Fishing Founders. Uh, so without further ado, here is Matt Ray from BWSports.com. How's it going, Matt? Uh, good, Dave. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. This is pretty cool. We're doing, this is like the first time we've been doing some clubhouse, uh, some sessions, uh, I guess some rooms with the uh, with the bigger one on Thursday night with uh, Mix It Up with Ask About Fly Fishing and Fly Fishing 97 podcast. This is the first official a wet fly swing podcast uh, where we're basically I'm this is exactly how I would do any podcast the only difference is that we're you know we're live and people could jump in although I'm still not quite sure if it's <laughs> it's fully I know we're recording so that's the important thing um but uh 
Yeah, so we're going to jump into a little bit on your uh, background, how you got into the, you know, how BW Sports came to be, uh, what the BW is, uh, and, uh, you know, anything else we want to jump into. But first, maybe just talk about how you first got into fly fishing and then how you brought that in all into the the company. Um, well, I, I started as a kid. We used to, uh, my dad loved to warm water fish, uh, ponds and stuff like that. So caught lots of little bluegills and bass when I was a kid on, on, uh, on flies and stuff like that. And then I didn't really do too much. Um, and, and then I moved out to Utah and I had, um, a neighbor across the street from me, um, who was a big fly fisherman. He loved to go up and uh, float tube. And so he finally hauled me up there one time. And so, uh, up to strawberry reservoir, it's a big reservoir here in Utah and it's a wonderful fishery. And, uh, so started fishing there and we would float tube and kick around and, and, um, really did pretty well. It was a lot of sinking line type stuff, wet, wet fly stuff, right? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, and that's kind of how I got started and that's kind of how we got our first product too, was, was, uh, kind of from that. That's it. So, okay. So, and, uh, and then where were you at when, when you were, when you put this together, when you got your idea for your first product? Um, we were, it was actually at, it was actually at strawberry. We were out fishing one day and, um, so we're kicking around and this guy is, and I see him out. He's quite a ways out in the lake and he's just kind of screaming along. And I'm thinking, how is he doing that? And then I look behind him and he's got a, a trolling motor kind of built into his float tube. And there was a company that, that you could buy. I think it was like $800 or $900. You could buy, it was a float tube with a power pack all sewn together as one item. Hmm. And the power pack just held, held a battery with a trolling motor. And, uh, so I thought, wow, that's really slick, but I bet you I could come up with something that would fit all float tubes. And then we came up with what was called our, our float power product, which was kind of a uh, float tube that held a battery bucket with a uh, motor mount on it. And then you could drop in a uh, trolling motor and, uh, and a, a standard deep cycle battery. And then it had straps on it would come up and strap to either side of your float tube. And then it just would pull you backwards. And, uh, it was a pretty slick product. <laughs> that's what started the company. It's, that's what kind of got us going. So we sold it for a number of years. We don't make it anymore. Um, because, uh, a lot of people use pontoons and, and they hook it onto a pontoon or you oh, know, yeah. their own, they want to. So, um, but yeah, that's how we, that's how we got, got it rolling. Gotcha. And when you had that first product going, how did it, um, you know, how did that even was, have you been doing products prior to that? I mean, how did the, even the idea Sorry. come to be? Thing, kind of our first foray into the uh, into the fishing market and i took it and uh we built the prototype and then um uh kind of got it going in here in utah sold it to a, just had it with a few of our friends and then i hauled it over to uh denver and then over to cabela's you know and cabela's picked it up hmm. uh, i think the first year they sold like 400 450 units or something like that and uh, so it was it was pretty popular for them for they had three or four years um and then the, the pontoon market kind of took off, you know, it was, it was so yeah. funny. <laughs> if you look at Cabela's, you know, they, you know, they could, whatever one product they want to sell, they'll give a, devote a whole page to it in their catalog at that time. Right. And, uh, and then our product would be a little, uh, two inch square, you know, down in the bottom corner of some page in the middle of nowhere. And, and, um, <laughs> it's just the way they market themselves. And of course they make way more money selling their own stuff. Right. Yeah, sure. totally. Yeah, you gotcha. So no, it's interesting. I love uh hearing, you know, how you jumped into it. And then four hundred and fifty, so what was the price point for that product? Uh it was about a hundred and hundred and uh right around a hundred dollars, I guess, when it first yeah. came out. Okay. A little less. And that gave you the uh the inner tube, the uh 
the nylon bag, like the float tube, uh, and then the battery bucket uh, with the motor mount on it. So all you needed to provide was the battery and the trolling motor. And, and on the trolling motor, normally they come set up to push, right? So when you turn the throttle handle, it's going to push you forward. And all you had to do was just remove the bolt below the, uh, the throttle handle and spin it around 180 degrees and then put it back through. And, and now it would pull you backwards with five speeds instead of running in reverse the whole time. Gotcha. Um, so when you're float tubing, you always want to be kicking or going backwards, right? So that you're not coming up on top of your line. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I don't remember that product, but I do remember that, that, that period when it switched from float tubes over to pontoons and yeah. 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 What, what, what year was that roughly when you think the, the, the uh, switch? So we start- uh, 96, um, oh, wow. yeah, 97, nice. yeah, 98. And then, then, and then probably around 2000 is when it started to switch to pontoons and, you know, everyone wanted a pontoon to go down the river, but then they realized they can't row and fish at the same time. And, and it's hard to row and fish. So then rod holders kind of came into being for pontoons. <laughs> so oh, right. I mean, that probably would have been a good product, but, um, but yeah, you just you don't have your hands free. So, yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. That's right. Cool. But yeah, let, let's, let's keep, let's keep moving along. This. So, so describe, um, so BW sports. So just, I mean, I know you have more products now than just the, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. So describe, yeah. What do you got uh, going? A buddy of mine, uh, Reed Beck, he was the B and in, in BW and I was the W. And so it's nothing more complicated than that. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, uh, but Reed had so much going on with his computer company that he didn't have time to really do it. So I kind of, pretty much took it over after about the first six months or year and, uh, and kind of ran with it. I had a, um, a very good friend of mine actually lived in my neighborhood, uh, Mike Pratt and Mike owned a company called Ogeo. I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but huge golf bag manufacturer and then manufactured all of, uh, Callaway's golf bags. And so he set me up with his people over in Taiwan, which is where we would get our stuff sewn. Right. So I would have, Mm -hmm. Um, but like on a rod case, you would have the sleeves. I have the sleeves, the outer Cordura case sewn, and then, um, and then the inner sleeve, and then that all comes here. And then uh, we uh, do all the, uh, pipe cutting and, and assembly and all that, and uh, put it together and do all the shipping. So, um, anyway, yeah, it was, it was great. And one thing that, um, we couldn't do, we, we basically came out, I guess we had the flow power product and we came out with two waiter bags that were. Um, one was called the hump bag and another one was called a wet dry bag. And one, the one was a kind of like a garment bag where you hung it up and it had all mesh in the front of it and stuff. And so you could just hang your waders up when you got home, you didn't have to take them out of the bag and uh, they would all dry, but it just wasn't real popular. People weren't used to using it. Um, we had kind of a really bad color. Uh, we had a, 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 like a forest green. And then we also had kind of a, like a, purple but it ended up being kind of a lighter purple so <laughs> it was a bad color and um you know if, if you wanted to make a bag i'd recommend the, the first color you go with is black right i mean yeah. if you look like when you get off the airline right i mean 95 percent of all the bags coming off of the the belt are black and so you can't go wrong with black black works for just about everything so um but we never really did anything in black we did um Forest green was always a popular color. We did some grays and some blues. And then now we kind of pretty much do the olive with gray is a very popular color for what we have. Yeah. But, so, so you're still doing the, the, the rod it's the rod reel case, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We do all our rod reel cases now in, in the, um, the olive and gray. And then we have some that are gray with a, a Navy or a blue pocket on them, uh, a couple of our styles, but they sell maybe 
well, I don't know, we'll sell 10 to one olive over a gray color. It's just the way it is. I mean, color is kind of important for people. So the only reason they change colors is they want, they have multiple cases. I had a guy email me this week that has 10 cases and wanted to know why we didn't have the gray with blue pockets anymore in one of our dual four piece cases. And I said, it just wasn't popular yeah. enough to keep carrying the color. So he says, well, the only reason I want it is because I have all the other ones are olive. <laughs> oh, so, you know, when you grab the case, you know, it's in it. Right. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I guess you can't satisfy everybody. So, so looking back on it, I mean, you know, now how, how many years have you been, has this business been going? Uh, just about 20, Oh, a little over 25 years. Yeah. 25 years. What's been so, the, uh, the most challenging thing, uh, being in the fly fishing space and trying to create a successful business? Well, yeah. And, 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 and the product business that's, you know, if I have an accounting background, I have a sales background and stuff and, and accounting accounts for about 5% of what I do and 95% of what you do is sell. So if you're not into selling, then you don't want to be in the product business. Are you <laughs> yeah. into selling? Oh, you have to. Yeah. You have you to love it. To do you love it? What's that? Do you, do you really love selling? Uh, no, not really. It's not your favorite I, thing. I don't think anybody really loves selling. Um, but I'll just cut you off. I was uh, recently just so, so I don't forget this note. Um, Alice Hyman, who's a part of uh, Hyman and uh, Miller or Miller and Hyman, I guess, uh, international sales training uh, group. She was uh, on our outdoors online marketing podcast, and I asked her that same question. I was like, "So, do people, you know, uh, like, do you have to love selling to be a great, uh, a good seller or whatever?" And she basically said, "You know, the people that love it, that really love the selling, are the great." salespeople, you know what I mean? But there's tons of people that do awesome that aren't, you know what I mean? That, that aren't the greatest, if that, and that kind of resonates right. with me a little bit, right? Because it's not, uh, it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. And, and but I, I always love the, the, the people aspect of it, but I, you know, when I started out, I had, so I have four products and I had a chess pack also that, that did well. And then this is a good example, like three out of four companies that start are going to fail. And then out of the products, three out of four or out of the product line, I had four products, one uh, was a, a, an average seller, like the float power that was just kind of average seller. One was stellar, which was the chest pack. We did really well with that. And two were duds, hmm. which were the two uh, wet dry bags. So from that, then we, you kind of go with what's working. So we came up with different varieties of chest packs, right. <laughs> and, and no more waiter bags for a while. And, um, and then the float power just kind of kept holding its own. And then eventually we got into the uh, ride case business. But in order to get out there and get your product out there, because we started from zero, right? I had Cabela's, but Cabela's, you know, they carried our chest pack for about a year. And then they go, hey, you know, chest packs are kind of the cool thing. We'll devote uh, an entire page to the brand new one we're going to do. And with the BW Sports one, we're going to put in a little section down at the bottom on a, on a totally different page. Yeah. And so that's what happens. So they, they just, they're just out, you know, what I helped advance them was, you know, I, I gave them product ideas in some cases. And it's the same way with Bass Pro Shops. I used to see them years ago and, you know, they took some of my product ideas. The next thing I know that, no, we're not interested, but it's in our catalog because, you know, we made it. <laughs> so there's no copyrights on a lot of sewn and stitched items. You just kind of always have to be uh, out in front, I guess. Okay. So in other words, the only way to get going is I had to go see all these. And, and back in the day, it was probably... I don't know, maybe three or four years after uh, a river runs through, it came out, you know, and that was yeah. set all fly shops up and people open fly shops and everybody wanted to fly fish until they realized they don't catch big fish like Brad Pitt. So, you know, and, and then all of a sudden it kind of calmed way off after that. And 
Um, but there was lots of little shops to go see at Ma's and Paws, and they would always buy this or that or a few of these. And you just, I just had to travel. I traveled all over the West for years and, and uh, the East Coast a little bit, but not as much because it was just harder to get there from where I'm located in Utah. So, mm -hmm. um, but it just, it just took a lot of door knocking. And then, um, and then currently um, it, you have to, if you want to make it, you have to be in, in a big box type store like uh, we're like in sportsman's warehouse which is we started with them when they were just one store so now they have i think over 100 oh, wow. they just got bat bought by bass pro or merged so it's kind of cabela's bass pro and sportsman's now it's all going to be the same company Jeez. i believe so yes yeah, it's, it's going to be huge um and then um <clears throat> so yeah so anyway that's that's kind of how it works and then we do amazon of course and amazon has been good for us because they really have handled the East coast for us pretty well. I had reps, you know, and, and, um, reps, reps work pretty good for our stuff, but you got to understand that we're like such a small part of the fly fishing market accessories and bags, um, is like maybe 10% of the market. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's 80% of reels and flies. And then, you know, you have the big clothing, waders and boots, that type of stuff that's required to fish, but our stuff, you know, you don't have to have a rod case to fish. <laughs> so, no, that's um, right. So it's an accessory that people get just to protect their equipment, right? We're like luggage, I guess. That's right. That's right. How, so, how did you guys, so how did that first, I mean, was it easy to get into the, um, when you first got into Sportsman's and Cabela's? Uh, I just had to go see them and talk to them. And they were just a, 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 a Sportsman's was easy because it was just one, one store. It was kind of a, a first of a warehousing type store, you know, for for um, uh, fishing and they handle fishing and, and hunting, camping, all that type of stuff. And they, they've done very well. Um, and then I, you know, you just had to go see them and talk to their buyers. And if you hit it off with them, you were good. And we just tried to make something that was affordable, that was durable and that, you know, um, was attractive and worked well. And uh, we weren't trying to be the top of the line. And, and, and today it's kind of all shifted, right? So um, my product works very well in a sportsman's warehouse because they're more likely in a, in a city. It doesn't work very good in a destination fly shop. People aren't going to, um, like Cody, uh, Cody, Montana or it's a Cody, Wyoming, I guess, to buy necessarily a rod case, you know, they should have their rod case with them or they're going to, you know, uh, be guided. They're going to go fish. They need flies. They may need to, you know, tip it leader, all those accessory pieces that they need to fish with, but they don't need a rod case necessarily. So you're not going to sell a ton of rod cases in, in Cody, Wyoming, whereas in Salt Lake, you may sell a bunch of them, right? Because people need to get their equipment loaded up and get out of here. Hey, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. I want to give you a quick rundown on the Turtle Box uh, Bluetooth speaker. I've been using this bad boy around the house, on the river, uh, over at the cabin, kind of wherever we can get it, wherever we need music. I've been going strong with the with the Turtle Box. So I want you to check this thing out. The guys are over at Turtle Box are uh, totally into the outdoors. They love respecting the peace and beauty, you know, of course, while on the water. But um, but listening to music is great. Who doesn't love a little tunes? That's actually one of my favorite uh, segments in the show when I can ask my, you know, guests about what music music they listen to. And, and maybe you're even listening to this right now on a speaker. 
So um, I've been doing that as well. Listen to some of these podcast episodes on the Turtle Box uh, Bluetooth speaker. This thing's bomber. You can throw it out in the river. You could throw it in the back of the truck. You can freeze it. You can um, take take a look at the guys over at Turtle Box on Instagram and see where they uh, where they're getting this thing out there. I can tell you, it is super tough, super durable, and made for the outdoors. So I just am super uh, excited. Did I say super again? I'm not going to say super anymore, but I'm really excited for this thing. I'm really excited that uh, uh, TurtleBox is a sponsor of this show, and I want you to check them out. Uh, if you can, head over to wetflyswing.com slash TurtleBox uh, so you can support a great company, this podcast, and some great tunes all at the same uh, in one spot. Hey, I want to thank you again if you had a chance to um, purchase the TurtleBox. Really appreciate your support. Now let's get back to the show. What's, uh, you know, all these years, so 25 years, what's, uh, you know, how, how, what's kept you going? Uh, just needed the money. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, you know, it's just, it was, uh, you know, and, and I've kind of gotten to a point now where I've done, uh, well enough that, that I don't need it as much anymore. So it's, it's not a big deal, but it, but to be honest, it was, it was dead slow a year from now in March, right? March, I, uh, it was super slow. April was almost non-existent. And then uh, May fired it right back up because everybody decided, well, I'm leaving. I'm going outside and fish. You know, I'm, I'm getting out. I can't stand it indoors anymore. And this year it's been the same except even even bigger, right? So it's, I mean, our, the sales have been almost double what they were last year at this, well, yeah. easily last time in March and April. But yeah, April for me is will be the biggest month I've ever had. No kidding. So so if you take out the money out of it, you you don't, you're probably not still making BW sports stuff. Um, oh, well, I, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, eventually I would, I would, you know, sell the company and if somebody else could take it over and keep going, but yeah, I, I don't have to, you know, yeah. I, if I decided I didn't need to, but yeah, if you know, fed the family and, and paid the rent and, and the mortgage and all that. And that's amazing. Travel. And, and I did enjoy, we, we would go and, and actually sell at consumer shows, the fly fishing shows. We would go to just a couple of them, one in California and the one in Denver. And it was just great to meet the people. Again, you know, and you just see the same guys that come through. I mean, you've been to the shows, Dave. So yeah. You know, see the same guys over and over, but it was fun to talk to them and they, they loved our stuff. And yeah, and it was, but then it gets to be where, you know, do I really want to drive across uh, the Sierras, you know, in the middle of February and, yep. <laughs> and, you know, go to do a show that I have to be at on this set time or in the wintertime, like, you know, if I was going to go travel, I wouldn't travel unless the week was going to be for the most part, clear and up to Montana, up to Montana and back. Otherwise, you know, why drive through a blizzard if you don't have to? Yeah. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, it seems it's cool to hear, you know, I mean, all these, it's such a small niche, right? We, we talk about a lot on the podcast about how, how small the, the you know, just the fly fishing niches. And then, and then you're in this tiny, um, accessory niche, but you've made, you know, you've made a business out of it for like a quarter of a century, you know, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to think about. What would be your, you know, when you think about other companies just getting going? I've got um, Stonefly Nets, uh, Ethan, we were talking about, and, and you know, he's kind of more just getting started. What would you tell him as a tip to to maybe help him keep going strong in, in the space? Um, the key is, I think, to um, it's just about uh, continuing to to sell. It's just you gotta you gotta keep going and selling and and keep after him and stuff. You've gotta work your way into the, into the bigger places. If you can, if you can get into a bigger store, then you can certainly get the volume up and, and then you can start to do pretty well. Yeah. How do you sell? How do you sell when you, when you say that, you know, continue to sell? I mean, what, what was your, did you have a process where like, okay, I'm going to call 20 people today or something like that? Yeah. 
you would I would just do a tour. So I was going to go. Let's see, I would go to um, to Oregon, Washington, right? So I would uh, head up and go through Boise and nail everybody in Boise that I could. Um, and then uh, then the next stop was is pretty much going to be uh, Portland area and Salem and you know uh, Medford. And how would you decide who who to who to talk to? Well, at one time there was a fly fishing um, retailers uh, catalog. And I don't, I don't know if they still make it or not, but it used to list all of the um, stores that carried fly fishing gear. And I don't know how many thousands of them there were. And so you just go down the list and I just call people out of the blue and tell them what I was selling and tell them I'd be in town about X. I was always letting them know I was coming. So you would call, so you just, I mean, you were cold calling. So you, when you, yeah. when you, what was your, I mean, did you get a lot? I mean, what percentage of people were like, no, don't stop by? Uh, nobody. Oh, really? Everybody was, yeah, there you go say yeah almost everybody would say yeah sure i got time except cool. unless you're a big store then it'd be like man you know we carry a lot of this and that and we're not really that interested and and you know yeah <laughs> so so anyway yeah it um so what was it, your what was your pitch when you went into say a, a local fly shop and you wanted to you know how, how what would it go down take us to that meeting um I don't know. I, I guess I would walk in and if it was uh, someone I had talked to, I'd, I'd ask for, like, let's say his name was Bob or something. I said, could I speak to Bob, please? And he goes, yeah, he's in the back or I'll, I'll grab him for you or something like that. And they'd come out and I'd, I'd bring my stuff right in the store with me, you know, kind of kind of wheel it in. I'd have, uh, you know, a chest pack and a, a waiter bag and a, and a rod case and, and stuff like that. And I just kind of walk through what our line on and show them our pricing and kind of how we uh, set it up and what might work for him. What is he, what does he like to sell? What's his, you know? Um, so, and cause some, some rods do come with cases, but most people, there's just mostly a case to handle a rod and not the reel. And people really like to just leave their reels on, wind them up. A lot of people I'm surprised like to leave their flies on and the lines all. Yep. <laughs> so I, I never do that, but, um, but a lot of people like to do that and that's fine. So um, anyway, we, do, we would just walk through it and I would just go through it and I'd have a catalog and take him through the pictures and the waiters and stuff or, or and the, uh, the product we had and, and let him show it and try it. And, then, and mostly our prices were good. So he knew he could sell it at a, at a 100% markup off of what he was getting from us and, and be able to sell it pretty easily. Gotcha. Um, I, I one time I was in uh, outside of Aspen in Carbondale and there was a nice shop there and I visited him and sold him some chest packs, I don't know, five or six. And, and the next year I stopped by again and, and or, or later I called him back to see how it was going. He said, Oh yeah, we sold through those, uh, during the year easily. Yep. And I like to order more and he goes, yeah, you know, I, I don't think so. And I go, well, why is that? They sold for you. He goes, well, he goes, you got to understand. He says, I'm going to have 15 guys come in here this year that are going to buy chest packs. And these guys, since they're kind of from Aspen and they're coming up here, they don't care what it costs. No. So sell yours at $50 or I could sell them one at 150 and they don't care. So I'm going to sell them the $150 one. And I go, well, I totally agree. That's yeah. what I would do, right? So from the destination, the smaller destination shop anymore for us, um, has just not been a, not been a big seller. We, we mostly sell to now to the bigger chains. Um, like an example would be Bob Ward's out of uh, Missoula, right? They're great stores and they have five or six stores, um, across Montana. And we have the same thing with the fishing hole in Canada and they have five or six stores across Canada, mostly in the, um, the Western side. And, uh, and so they, they do very well with our products. Um, yeah. they're stores and they can market it well, but the individual person who's more of a destination thing, the individual shop like that is a lot tougher and they're going to sell high end and, and they can, and they can, and they can sell that. You know, you have some people that walk through the door 
And then, you know, I wanted to fly fish and he's standing there in penny loafers and some jeans and doesn't know a clue, but he thought it'd be really cool. Yeah. So they just fill him the whole house, right? I mean, he walks out of there spending three or $4,000 and he's a happy guy, yeah. right? Because guy and he's going to fish all week long and, and he's loving it. So, I mean, that's their clientele and it works good for them. Mine is kind of like the guy who, you know, maybe anywhere from 18 years old or 16 to 80. Yeah. And he wants a case and he, and he, cause he got a new rod. He wants something good. That's going to work for him. And, um, and away he goes. And, and, uh, if you've got good salespeople in those stores, they'll sell them the rod and they'll go, Hey, before you get out of here, you need to have a case. Otherwise yeah. I don't have you coming back in. I snapped it off of my car door or something like that, you know? Yeah. So that's anyway. cool. Uh, you know, I mean, it makes sense. It's, uh, and you found your niche, right? The sportsman's type, bigger box stores is your niche, you know, your niche because people are going in there. They're probably not going to spend as much, you know, they probably don't have like $300 on a, for a vest or whatever, you know, they're not going to buy a, a Patagonia, um, yeah. whatever. And, and the thing that's been interesting, sportsman. So I bet you we have a lot, Amazon, I bet you sells to a, in our business probably sells to a lot of ladies because um, they're girlfriends or wives or sisters or daughters, and they want to get their dad something, and they don't know what, and they don't want to go to a sporting goods store because that's just not their thing. So they go, well, what is it? What's it called? And they just go on Amazon, look it up. He goes, is this it, dad? Can I get this for your birthday? Yeah. Sure. Bam. She orders it in five seconds, and she's done. Right? Didn't have to go down and, and fight through a bunch of guys in camo through a sporting goods store. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Feel like you know, so it was, it was easy for her. And, uh, and I think that's probably, I mean, we have lots of guys buy off of Amazon, but it's so easy for them to just tell her, Hey, go buy that, you know, or go to sportsmans.com and buy it. They've got it there. I know they sell it online too. So, yeah, you know, um, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. What it is. And that's like, I mean, you've pretty much just niched down. The good example is your website. I mean, you, you basically have just kind of a placeholder there. It's, you know, there's not much there for, from as far as the user experience, you know, blogging or anything of that stuff, you, because you don't really need it. You've got your box stores. You don't, you're not even sending people to your website. You send them to, I mean, where's the first place? If, if like right now I want to buy a new rod case, where do you send me? I would usually send them to uh, Sportsman's or something like that. Yeah, that's usually where they would go. Sportsman, uh -huh. because Sportsman, will you get a better profit than a uh, Amazon? And they have a better price. Better, Amazon a better price, yeah. Amazon is, is set up strictly to handle customers uh, and they want their customers to just love them. They don't care about their vendors. Nope. Not interested in whether you are making money or not. No. You know what it's going to be and this is where we're going to run it. And if you don't like it, oh well. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I, I, um, I actually sold on Amazon. I was at FBA for like, I think almost three years and it was, yeah. um, it was really, uh, I just, it was really terrible. Eventually I eventually got out of, I mean, I had people that took over my listing, you know, I sold a lot, quite a really high amount of volume and yeah, uh -huh. it was crazy. There was points where people would come in from wherever around the world and they'd take you over and you weren't selling anything until you figured out how to get them. And then you'd call Amazon and say, Hey, I need help. And they'd be like, oh, we don't really care too much about the sellers. Yeah. You know, and the, the toughest thing for us is to get a price increase through and the prices have gone up. You know, I know the economy, they're talking about inflation and, and whatnot. And, and that's actually really probably going to happen pretty well. But our prices have gone up a lot from from overseas just in, in that. And uh, pipe prices have gone up. And some of I, I use vinyl fencing and some of our uh, rod tubes that are the more rectangular ones, the uh, 3000 series. And and so that you can use a higher spinning guide, you know, it, it'll 
it's about three and a half inches high, so it'll let you have a higher spinning guide. Um, but oh, yeah. all that, all that's all those have gone up too, like five to five to fifteen percent. And it's and and the sewing stuff has gone up, you know, quite a bit too. And trying to get a price increase through Amazon is like you got to be, you know, like you're kidding me, right? You, we we can't be competitive if you increase the price. Oh, Roy, wow, yeah, this is the whole thing. Well, let's talk. Like, Let's talk about, I'm going to do a quick little reset just uh, so we're on Clubhouse um, and, and I'm going to probably edit some of this as we go. But here we got Matt Ray from BW Sports. We're just talking about his uh, company, which has been going on for 25 years. Um, and and we'll be hopefully doing these Clubhouse um, every Saturday morning. And then also we have a fly fishing Q&A Thursdays at uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time. So if you want your questions answered, you can go to the Q&A on Thursday. Um, but yeah, just tell, let's talk about back to the product. So you've talked about some of them. One of them I have is the, uh, we call it the medicine bag, the, the dry proof, uh, the waterproof bag, the gray. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Talk about that one. How'd that one come to be? Because that's kind of an interesting bag. It's been uh, the first time I used it. I remember I was heading up to uh, a long trip up North and I kind of, it was my little side bag, you know, I was on a raft the whole time and it, it kind of kept my, the stuff I needed dry. Talk about how that thing came to be. Yeah. So you had, uh, the one you have is a zipper, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, originally, we right before that product, we had a, a boat slider bag, and the boat slider bag was a really clever product that worked awesome for guys. It had uh, it was more of a rectangular bag, probably about I don't know eighteen inches long by eight wide by eight deep, uh, and it zipped open on the top, and then it had uh, two hooks that hung, hung hung it on the gunnel. So you could hang it on the gunnel; it would be right to your right mm-hmm. side or left side if you were a rower or a guide you know, and, and it stayed up out of the water. But then we had other guys that just didn't, I mean, the, the guys that used that loved it. They really liked, cause it was always just right there. They could just reach into it, grab it, what they wanted. Um, but then guys were saying, Oh, you know, we go through the rapids and just, everything's getting splashed or wet yeah. all the time. But, so we did a roll down bag, like a normal rafting bag. Um, but it was, but it was just too hard for them to access. Cause what they want is something they can grab all their tackle out of. So we, then we came up with the, uh, the zipper top dry bag out of the dry fabric and and it was easier for them because they could just unzip that open it up grab what they wanted zip it tight and if the water was splashing in on top of it nothing was going to get wet so um that's the idea it's not made to submerge you can't throw it out and hold it under the water and say it's not going to leak because it will but for the most part um you know the splashing and sitting in six inches of water in your boat or four or whatever it is it, it'll do just fine like that so gotcha. and it's a, just a, another Kind of, you just as you went around to shops, you'd find out what people like, or they'd talk to you about the product. Yeah, I've been using this, and it, it works really well. But what would really be cool would be this, you know. Yeah. And where you kind of reinvented stuff, and and the last number of years, I haven't been too inventive at all. Um, one thing that's nice about the fishing business is it it doesn't change rapidly. It's not like you're selling Nike shoes, and like Nikes, you got to have a different color about every six months. You got to have a whole new style. It's got to have a new tread pattern. I mean, everything, you know, it's just this huge competition for appearance. And in the fishing business, no one's worried about appearance. They're worried about performance. So um, is it going to last me for 20 years? I I hope so. You know, that type of thing. Yeah, it has. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So like on our, one thing we did do, we had a lot of people that would uh, saltwater fish. And of course, on our packs, then we we would put all nylon glides. Now, you have a nylon zipper, the zip part, right? But then the glide that that closes and opens the zipper, um, for the most part, are are K 
CAD or they're painted, right? And those would instantly jam after one use in the salt. You know, you get salt in it and it pops the cadmium off the metal mm. and it would jam up. And so we, all of our bags use nylon glides, which is nice because you could take them and dip them in salt water all day long and they'll still just work just perfect, right? So um, <laughs> that was one thing we found out. The guys would call back and say, hey, you know, I took your pack out. And I was surf fishing with it the other day and it just, you know, now it's all jammed up. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. What, do you, what, well, what did was, you do about it when, when they said that to you? Yeah. So, you know, and I said, hey, you know, well, I said, we got one coming out next year when, you know, and, and I've replaced products for people, you yeah. know, that have had something damaged or torn or break or whatever. Or shoulder straps, I seem to send a bunch of those out because they'll break a clip off or it'll get shipped with it broken or something. So, yeah. Uh, have, you know, have you ever had a hole when you're, uh, you know, like an inventory, I guess it's probably different now, but early on where you got a shipment of a thousand units and they were all defective or something like that? No, my people are really good. So uh, they used to sew all the Jan sports stuff and things like that. They sew high end, um, uh, luggage, airline luggage. So, uh-huh. uh, they're really good. And that's the key. You know, I, I years ago, people said, I oh, should go to China and get it cheaper. And yeah. I said, no, Taiwan, they're just way better and they're, they're more professional and it, everything about it's better. Yeah. And, and, and they're great. And I have been to Taiwan. I haven't been to Taiwan now for, I don't know, 12, 15 years. It's been a long time because I can pretty much sketch it out, you know, email it to them and, <laughs> and they, they go, oh, yeah, we got it. We'll make a sample for you and send it over. So, and they, yeah. and they do. And they're, oh, that's cool. Always been work on, with you yeah. on that bag. Uh, what's that bag called? The gray bag, the waterproof. Uh, our dry tackle bag and do you guys do you still sell that we do we do uh do you have the is it is yours just all gray yeah. with uh any outer pockets no any, outer pockets uh, nope new one now has uh two outer pockets that are just cordura for extra storage just not yeah. waterproof but it gives you more volume okay yeah. so the one thing i noticed on that bag it has it's kind of weird because it, it's pretty much all waterproof and for the most part water doesn't get in but doesn't it have a couple little holes below the zipper like you couldn't dunk it underwater uh, right it, it's not like a roll down wrap bag where you can submerse it, you yeah. know, you can the water and hold it under and it'll still be watertight. Now this, this is basically made to sit in water and to have water splashed on top of it. Yeah. And that's just because I guess you would do that and not have it fully because it makes it easier. You don't have to deal with like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Really no way to make the zipper work. Cause what we wanted to, it was, it was kind of a, like, we wanted that wide mouth doctor's bag. Remember those old Western movies where the doctor come in and open his bag up? Well, that's exactly, that's funny thing. Shannon, my buddy, when I first took on the trip, that's the, was the joke. He's like, Oh, Dave's got his medicine bag, his doctor's bag. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's it. and that's like that. So it was easy to put the trays in and out and, you know, um, and everybody says, well, why would a fly guy use trays? Well, all these guys, the guides all use trays, right? They have trays full of flies. And uh, it was easy for him to do that. And we used to sell the, the boat cider bag, the one that hung on the gunnel. We used to sell it with trays uh, for the, the guides, although it usually weren't the trays they wanted, but it was okay. They could pitch them out and put whatever they wanted in. Yeah. But yeah, so gotcha. uh, yeah, it was, you know, the, it's just the, as you saw people and in the same thing with the, the shows and you're familiar with this too, Dave, you go to the shows and people have, they come and I use your stuff and it would be really cool if you did this, you know, they always want to talk to you and give you ideas. I mean, they get emails all the time from guys, you know, most of the time the problem is with, with a rod case, Hey, it doesn't work. And so we have to slide the end of the case off the end of the pipe and you can slide straight in and just, just, just slip it right back on. And that way you're not flexing your rods and stuff, you know, and then they go, Oh, Oh, okay. That solves all my problems. So it's just, sometimes it's just information. Let's take one more quick break for our other sponsor here. 
Uh, in today's world of mass-produced products, uh, I've got a killer net uh, to share with you. This is a custom wood net handcrafted with care by Stonefly Nets. Uh, Ethan over at Stonefly is a super cool guy doing some really great work there. I've been using his net and it's solid. It's going to last forever. It's got a great custom feel. This is definitely a piece of artwork. Uh, this is not something you can just kind of buy in the store and get your net. This is something that's going to last for generations to come. So if you want to get a net that you can be proud of, that you can pass on to uh, you know your kids and down the line, then check out Ethan's work. This, is, this one's not only beautiful, but uh, it's got all the bells and whistles as far as quality and customizing, uh, customizability. I'm going to throw that one out there. So if you can, please go to wetflyswing.com slash stonefly to get your custom net and, uh, and get started today. I can't say enough about Ethan, the great stuff he has going, how proud I am to, be a, uh, to have them as a sponsor and to share this great product with you. So please uh, support the show, support Ethan and Stonefly Nets, and, uh, and let's, uh, let's get back to the show. So, and then what about, so other products, so we've talked about the rod cases, uh, anything else, what are your other products? Can you just, and do you have a best selling? Is it the rod case that's kind of your number one thing? Uh, yeah, rod cases make up about 80 to 85% of what we sell. And then we have like the dry bag, like we talked about, we have a waiter bag, um, but we, I, we might have to discontinue it. I don't know. The new pricing coming is, is so high compared to what it is, what it was last time that I don't know if I can, I can sell it on Amazon and make any money at all. Yeah. Um, so I don't know about that yet, but, um, uh, let me see. Uh, we've got a few other things we, we do a, like a large tackle binder. This is kind of interesting. So it, it basically is like a, a zip open, uh, pack that opens up and it has like 10, uh, three ring Ziploc binders in it. And people use it for fly tying materials, um, or to carry flies in or something like that. We make a medium tackle binder. It's more something you would wear. When you're fishing that you could carry flies with it's about eight inches long by about five inches wide and uh, has ziplocs in it also that that guys could put their flies in and, and just hang it on their um on their belt or something if they were uh wading or salt fishing or yeah you know, and where you're throwing big flies and uh but, but the the large tackle binder is kind of interesting because I, I would say we sell probably half of them to ladies who use them for sewing gear oh yeah right and, yeah so there's like a whole nother subset of that bag that that's actually been really popular and that's, that's great. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. That's so cool. That's, yeah. I'm on, I just jumped on Amazon. I don't, I see, yeah, there's eight products. I guess I don't, yeah, you have your own little BW sports kind of page, right? Uh, yeah. We're probably one of their top sellers in rod cases. Um, and, and rod, yeah. And that's what I don't see is the rod cases here. Oh, I guess I have to click on rod cases. There, there, yeah. There. Rod out. cases. It'll probably bring that up. There you go. So oh, far. I see. Yep. Okay. BW yep. sports. Gotcha. What's the, no, what's probably that? We sell equally, probably equal between spinning and fly, you know, oh, yeah. uh, that's a... is bigger on fly cause they're a kind of a Western, uh, yeah. sell. but the East coast and the, and the Southeast obviously is more spin and, gotcha. and stuff like that and bay cast. Yeah. That's a cool thing. And yeah. And your rod cases, I mean, that's the thing that they're super reasonable. I mean, like for 40 bucks, you know, I mean, you can get a basic I and mean, you can get a you get your double or I don't know, this huge triple thing for like 60 bucks. And it's got, you know, it's got like, I mean, you could fit, how many rods can you fit in your biggest one? Uh, the well, dual sport. Is that just two? Just do duels. Yeah. yeah. On our, on our so, gotcha. Uh, it's just got the extra we, pa side pouch, pouches. Yeah. Then the side pouches, I, people love those things because if you had like, 
like you said, you had a, a four-piece case. You could load your rod and reel in the in the case, and on the side pockets, you could carry a couple fly boxes or a lanyard, and you just throw that on your backpack, and you're out of there for the mountains for yeah, the day. Yeah, you know? that's a cool and thing. Got everything you need, or if you're just day tripping it, you just have a you know a light backpack with your lunch and stuff, and you're and you've got your rod reel and everything, and and guys carry them in their cars like that, so they. You know, they, they pull over and I'm going to go fish this pond for a couple hours after work, or I'm going to go fish the Provo River or whatever. Yep. And they've got everything right there with them. They don't, you know, need anything more other than, than waders. Yeah, it's cool. And it's cool. That, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, lo I love it. I think when you look at it, you see, yeah, for that price point and what you get, it's kind of a cool, definitely cool. I forgot that you had the double thing. So, yeah. Occasionally we get people that, you know, we're confused early on. We had to change our wording, you know, because we, I would get this mom that would email me and say, does it come with the rod? Oh, I bought it with yeah. the rod for bucks. I go, no, no, sorry. Sorry. It doesn't do that. I, you yeah. know, and did you get I, a lot of returns on Amazon for that? No, we have very little returns yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean, occasionally we have people, uh, return it and I don't know why, you know, they couldn't figure it out or whatever, but we sell, I, I sell probably eight to 10,000 rod cases a year. Yeah. So I've sold over the lifetime a couple hundred thousand oh, wow. cases. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it, it's been it's been fun and just enjoyable. I do miss the shows, but um, they just weren't profitable for me after a while. You know. I mean, it, it, the, the sad part was you go to California, and if it was raining, you'd have a killer show, right? It was great. But if yeah. it was sunny, and if it was in March and it was seventy out, people are golfing or fishing, right? They're, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I don't have time to come to the show. The weather's too nice. I'm going out and fish, right? So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. I'm just looking on. Uh, it's funny. I'm looking at Amazon. Yeah, you got um, some of the other. I mean, there's so many different companies now, right, that, that are selling stuff. But actually, your case, yeah, you, you're, um, I think this is, uh, this is not paid, right, ads. These are just, you're like number, you're like number four on Amazon, right behind TFO. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. TFO, we're selling tons of rods, right? Yeah. yeah. Alan, you got I like Alan. the guy. FO, they've always been good to me. They've bought bags for me to, to, to carry all their reels and stuff. And when they do demos. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. TFO is a cool, I got some good stuff. And a, real, a real bag. We do make a nice real bag and that's been popular for years and that's always been a very good seller. So. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. That's good. So in the BW or the not BWO, but the BW. So how, did you ever think about changing the name? So it was just more specific to, to you, what you have going, because what was again, the name, the W or what was the B? So I'm the W because that's the start of my last name, yeah. Ray. Then uh, Beck was uh, my buddy was the B. And oh, so right. we just and I, so I have a, a, a friend of mine I mentioned earlier, Mike Pratt, who did OGO. And I said, how did you come up with your name, Mike? It's OGIO. And he goes, well, my the wife worked for the for the phone company for a while. And uh, there was OGO was outgoing only some kind of a, a switchboard thing. And he goes, well, let's just add an I to that. And we could be Ogio and we'd be like Italian or something. Yeah. And the idea would be that it doesn't make any difference. Ogio doesn't stand for anything specific or and neither does BW Sports. So you could always, I could be selling jeans or clothing or, you know, anything. If you have a name that's not necessarily associated, it, it is sports. So I guess it would be more, you know, we could do camping gear or we could do whatever. It yeah. would be more generic and, and let you go to different directions. So. Gotcha. You know, and then there's one thing that so we thought at one time, well, maybe we could make gun cases, you know, for rifles or, or handguns, or and I even thought at one time about, um, you know, uh, a waste holder for construction guys to put their electric drills in or something like that, that they could just have it on their pocket on the side of them. But it's, 
again, it's a whole nother group of buyers, totally separate from the fishing people. So that means I have to go find all the hunting buyers now that are, so anybody I've worked with in the past isn't really that good to me other than a referral to the other buyer who may or may not like me or the product. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's why it's, once you're kind of in fishing, you kind of want to expand that way because you have all these contacts already. And, you know, like selling something at Home Depot, I got to go figure out who the buyer is at Home Depot and what that person likes it. If I'm even the right price point, you know, it, it's just a whole, you just start all over again. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's been a, it sounds like a pretty cool journey. And so what's your, you know, now in the next uh, six months to a year or anything new? I mean, do you, are you going to be looking to potentially sell this thing or what, what do you have coming? Yeah, probably, probably in the next year. So I'll probably do that. I'm getting close to retirement about 61 and I kind of like to go out and fish a lot more instead of working. Yeah. So, um, you know, and a lot more road trips and, and doing fun things. So, um, yeah, I, I probably will in, in the uh, in the near future here. We'll probably look to to start doing that. Um, and I don't need to make a ton of money from buying it, but if they could take my inventory and <laughs> yeah, you know, and, right. and throw two dollars, that'd be fine. I guess I think we'd be good with that. So yeah, exactly. Anyway. That's it. Yeah, that's the that's kind of what it is. And, and you know, somebody can take it and and uh, you know come out again with more packs and other things like that. Use the name and use what's already uh, up and rolling. And, uh, and really have a, a good head start, to, to keep it, uh, rolling right along. Right. Right. That's right. Yeah. Because it's a good case. It's yeah, the other good products are definitely, like I said, the, I don't have one of your rod cases currently, but the, uh, the doctor's bag, you know, has been beat up yeah. and you know, it's still, it's uh, still, still going strong. I send you a new one then Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. I actually, I think <laughs> the rod case might be something that I'm, uh, you know, I do have obviously a bunch of rod. Most of my rod cases are, um, you know, you pop the reel off. Um, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? But I still do have... Just the tube. Yeah, the one I do love, I got an old green. I can't remember. I think it's Orvis, but I put my kids... Uh, they have two-piece rods. I, sure. I I love that because... It, and I do love keeping the fly on and everything, so I can just pop it out and just, just go with yeah. it. So, yeah, I think I might have to hit you up on definitely... Yeah, I'll send you out for, for doing this. This will be great. Yeah. So Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'll send you a dual case. That way you can load more than one. So. Okay. Yeah. And I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll definitely do, do some, uh, yeah, get the word. Well, obviously this is going to get out to a bunch of people. And although, you know, on the, this is what's cool about this, Matt, is that, you know, I wanted to be just like this. I didn't send it you out to any newsletter. N- nobody knows about this, right? We're, we're doing, this is basically how we would do it normally. It'd be just me and you. I'd be recording yeah. through a different piece of software. But the funny thing sure. is, is that, um, your audio is actually really good. You know what Good. I mean? Like that's some of the struggle sometimes with some of these other things. Even I have a paid service. I use uh Squadcast, which is, you know, usually pretty good, but sometimes the audio, you know, can be depending on what the, but I think this clubhouse, they've done a lot of work on making sure the audio is coming in as clean as can be. Right. And, and you right. sound great. I'll, I'll listen to it in post to make sure, but yeah, I think this is actually, this might be long-term. And the cool thing is, is that eventually once I do uh, let people know what we're doing, you know, we could have like today had say, you know, whatever, 20 people, 50 people, hundred people down the line where they're sitting there, you know, and maybe they do know your stuff and then they're asking you questions, right? That's the, that's kind of the power of the clubhouse, which, uh, you know, obviously right. we didn't really do that today, but no, this has been fun to hear the story. Any, anything else, any parting words for everybody as you. Uh, no, it's, it's fun. It's been enjoyable. I think the, uh, for the most part, the, the, the fishing crowd is, is a fun group of people. Um, I think hopefully 
with the whole COVID thing that we got a lot more young people uh, fishing again. Um, whenever I used to be a, a scout master for a while with, um, with the organization of the church I was with and, and we, we don't do scouts anymore, but it was fun. We'd always haul them up fishing, you know, and teach them how to fly fish. And you'd get two or three kids out of, out of 10 that just loved it and they'd do it the rest of their lives and the other could care less. But, but hopefully we get more people back into it because it's been kind of an overcrowd, you know, over the years. And, and it's good to see, uh, you know, guys taking their kids out. Like, sounds like you fish with your kids. I yep. took my kids was like we used the float power unit i would troll them around strawberry and they'd catch huge cutthroats on fly flies oh and wow loved it. and they were only you know i took them started when they were like six yeah you know exactly and i remember I was in the float tube sound asleep and she nailed one amazing you, know? <laughs> you took them out so you took your six-year-old out in your float tube yeah well i had a float tube so i had the float power behind me and i had a float her tube just uh d-ringed onto mine and i was just trolling her along right Man, yeah, that's so cool. You're, you're like, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'd be out there like worried that was, she was going to tip over and fall in the water. No, she had her life vest on and, and all I had to do is make sure I had the rod, the reel on the rod hooked over the uh, apron on the, on the tube. Yeah. So it rip it right out of her hands when it hit it. So, um, yeah, that always worked really well. So yeah, they caught lots of fish. And once, once you get them fishing when they're young like that or camping and hiking, they'll do it the rest of their lives. They're just, it's in their blood yeah. now and they love it. It is. No, I know I, that my kids are six and eight going on seven and nine. So in there, they definitely yeah. love the camping yeah, and the, stuff. Yeah. And so anytime you hiked or anytime we did a backpack and it had to end up at water and we had to fish. Yep. Otherwise, what was the point? That's right. right. I mean, yeah. That's so, right. I mean, I, and they loved hiking too, but just for them to hike, hike 10 miles with no destination or no goal wasn't, wasn't as exciting when they were young. Yeah. That's cool. Cool, Matt. Well, this has been, uh, this has been fun. I'm uh, glad. And it's kind of, you know, it's obviously, it's inspiring to hear your story. The fact that, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've been doing this for so long and even with the small, you know, I, you've got your little, small little niche. And, and I think for any of those, I think for Ethan and others that are just starting out, I think hearing, hearing that, right. That you've kept this going. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. It's, it's doable, right. It's still doable. You can make it work. You just got to keep plugging away at it. And remember, it's all about just getting out and selling it and the more people you know and the more people you meet and yeah and, and you gotta have a quality if you have a quality product it helps obviously you don't want to be selling them stuff that you know is gonna no. break down that's right what's your so, as we leave here what's your biggest sales tip what would you tell somebody they're trying to do better at selling on selling um i i don't know i think i think you just gotta you gotta do the numbers to start with and then you kind of gotta go with the people that want to work with you and, you know, don't beat your head against the wall. If you can't get in here, move to the next, you know, to the next opportunity. And then, um, and then kind of keep feathering down that road, you know, um, in other words, continue to come out with more products that, that work, that you can continue to feed the uh, people that are buying your products. Right. And uh, so that, I mean, over the last few years, we haven't done a lot of new development um, and, and that's been okay. It's still worked just fine for us, but, but, early on you want to continue to develop because as you go down different avenues all of a sudden you may have one branch of that tree that really breaks off and goes crazy like the rod cases for us that you know we only started out with two of them and now that's 80 percent of our business and chest packs was a really good one for us but it kind of slowed as more and more people got into the chest pack business the big mm. thing with with rod cases for me the reason i can do rod cases is because i have to put labor into that product before it can be sold so we have to cut the pipe fit it assemble it wrap it get ready to ship it right whereas most people want to import it put it on a shelf and ship it so oh, right so there's another so, step that keeps people from doing it that step is what makes the big difference for me because i can't afford to ship them built 
because it's just too oh, much. Oh wow, air. really? So you can't have them build it. They're they're not doing the whole thing. No, in fact, the the the, the price point's way expensive to do that. And then so here's an example. Michael has mentioned it on Ojo used to ship his golf bags all fully assembled, right? In a containers. And I don't know how many containers it was, and it was just hundreds of containers a year. And um the problem is he's shipping air. So he'd stopped doing that. He just started shipping the skins and then they assembled the golf bags here. And he, he saved like a, I don't know, half a million dollars wow. the first year of shipping. So, so who's on your bag? Who's assembling your bags? Uh, me. Oh yeah. So you're doing it. <laughs> wow. So you're the whole, so he comes in. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I say we, but it's pretty much me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're doing it. So I help occasionally if things are crazy from, uh, for my wife and uh, and kids, but um, other than that, it's pretty much me. What does it take you to to say if you had a hundred bags, or how long per bag does it take you to put one together? Um, that's a good question. I, I guess on a, on a rod case, it probably takes. I, I figure about a dollar for me to to. Uh, or, or what for, is it for time wise? How how long? I could probably cut and make uh, twenty. Uh, I don't know, maybe 50 bags and, and or 50 rod cases in an hour if I'm just cranking. And oh, that's wow. all I have. 50 per hour. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Crank those up. Yeah. Yeah. 50. Someone's just going. It'd probably take a little longer. I mean, I, I ordered pipe the other day. I had a lift come and it was like a half a mile of pipe, right? It's like 2,700 feet. Jeez. So, yeah. <laughs> 50. So, and you're doing this at your home? Is this your home's your business too? Your warehouse? Yeah. yeah. But I have to pay for all the, the rental yeah. and all that. Yeah. Storage units, yeah. That's used to cool. have containers, but my buddy sold his container yard, so I don't have those. Gotcha. I don't have those. That's cool. No, that even makes it even cooler. I mean, it's like 50, yeah. 50 per hour. If you think a fly is right, a dozen per hour is pretty decent. So you're you're four times that, and that's with a big rod case. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So. Cool, Matt. Well, I think yeah, I know you got to get out of here. So I just want to thank you again for coming on, and um, this has been a lot of fun. I'll, I'll let you know when this is all edited up and get it clean and, and posted out there. Probably in a couple months out on the Wet Fly Swing uh, podcast. So I'll give you a heads up, but, but yeah, thanks for being my guinea pig here. This has been the, the initial, I think it's worked out pretty well, actually, as far as the audio stuff, right? Have I been coming in clear most of the time? That's really clean. And yeah, if, um, I think if you had people in the room at, when I did the last uh, room that we did before uh, a couple, a week or so ago, it was, you could hear everybody really well Yeah, and the question easy to answer and understand and, and everyone came through great. Well, so, and that's yeah. the amazing thing about this. I mean, I think I won't stop doing the other podcasts like how I've been doing it, you know, because I think, you know, I do a lot over there, but just be doing this every once in a while is cool because it gives people an opportunity to come in and just more interaction. And, you know, like you said, there might be somebody, I know Greg's a buddy of mine who's used your stuff and, you know, yeah. to be able to come up to you or anybody and be able to be like, oh, okay, here's the guy that made my thing. I have a question or, you know, want to say thanks. Yeah. I think, right. That's the, that's what's cool about this thing. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds good, Dave. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. I think we're all good. Okay. Thanks right. so much. Thanks, Matt. I'll check back with you. You bet. Thanks, Dave. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes with all the links we covered, just go to wetflyswing.com slash 209. Again, a reminder, that was uh, that was on Clubhouse. Uh, I, I feel like the audio is pretty good on it. Um, you know, right now it's by iPhone only, so that's one of the catches. Uh, hopefully by the time you're listening to this, this will be open to everybody around the world, including at uh, Android. But it's in beta, so that's kind of where we're at. But, um, yeah, I appreciate you for checking out this show. All those episodes like, a, like this one, if they are live, um, they will also be posted here so you'll be able to hear them even if you miss it live but yeah if you want to get a chance to raise your hand and come up on stage with a guest we have that's a really good opportunity i just want to give a quick heads up for next week's episode 
Uh, Enrico Puglisi is here to describe how he and got into EP fibers after coming across uh, to the U.S. And, uh, and he's been doing some good stuff over there for a long time. He's slowly transitioning out. But we had a really fun chat. Really love Enrico. So if you don't know him, uh, what he's got going, this will be a good one. So click subscribe so you get updated in your app of choice. Uh, that'll make sure you get that delivered right to your um, right to your phone. Be ready to go. So, uh, so that's it. That's all I got for you. I uh, hope you're enjoying us mixing it up. Uh, if you have an idea or don't like this, um, you know, let me know. I definitely want to connect, and I just want to give one more shout out again. Um, we've been talking about this, but uh, the the members group. If you go to wetflyswing.com/members. I'm connecting, uh, you know, lots of uh, the people that listen to this show. So if you're listening right now and you want to take this deeper, you know, basically what that means is you can talk to people that are listening. You can connect to people in your area. We can check out new places that we're going fishing. We're going to be setting up some trips uh, as we get out of COVID. <clears throat> lots of good stuff. And really the members group is the best place to get, uh, connect with me and guests from the show. And, and just, you know, it's, that's the spot. So if, you want, if you're loving this podcast... Uh, go over there and just sign up. It'll be a real easy place. Uh, right now, we're allowing people to get in for free. If you want to just kind of join and see what's going on in there and check out the conversation. Okay, now the moment you've been waiting for, the giveaway. If you want to win the rod case from BW Sports, this is the double barrel rod case, you just need to go to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway. And that'll get you access to enter the giveaway. This is the best chance that you have to find out uh, what's going on. And the secret password for this giveaway, the secret password is Pink Flamingo. Did you get that? Pink Flamingo. So just remember that and enter and, uh, and you'll uh, have a chance to win. So uh, so let's let's do this. Uh, give it a shot. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash giveaway and, uh, and enter to win this bad boy. Thanks again. I appreciate you. I appreciate your support and everything uh, you do each week to spend 60 minutes or so, you know, to listen in. It really, uh, it, it's really amazing. So, um, so that's a wrap. That's all I got for you today. Uh, without further ado, uh, we're getting out of here. I'm. Uh, it's a late one. Uh, just got off the river today, so uh, just recording this in the uh, in the mic as usual. As usual, but uh, hope to maybe see you uh, very soon online or on the river. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.